<laughs> uh, there's two monsters sitting there. One's Dr. David Hume, and the other is Marty McCauley. What on uh, earth are you doing? Justin, it's Halloween. There's a blue moon in the sky. This, this is not going to happen very often. Now, also, I spent the last three nights scaring the bejesus out of people around the Macrimon estate. Now, I'll give you a clue. I, I, I'm, I'm Frankenstein's monster, or as he's better known, he's actually called Adam in the books, or in the book, I should say. And uh, my, wee, my wee partner, Dr. Frankenstein, we come up with the idea of making Adam Frankenstein's monster from Belfast. Okay? So tonight, there was a kid walking around who was... He was a bit anxious, a wee bit scared. But I waved at him and I said, oh, are you okay? And he was okay. <laughs> and, then, and then Dr. Frankenstein said, I've used all the best body parts that I could find in Belfast. And I went, what about you? And the wee boy started crying. So I took from that that he's more afraid of... Uh, somebody from Belfast than he would be of uh, an undead monster sewn together by a mad scientist. So we've got uh, two uh, fantastic guests tonight, uh, Marty. We've got uh, Dr. David Hume and uh, Rob Curley. Uh, we're going to be talking to two of them tonight. Uh, yes. Yes, but we're going to do the news first. So uh, Rob standing by for us there in Balamina and David standing by us uh, for us in Ballycarry. Uh, gentlemen, say hello to everybody watching on the World Wide Web. Good evening. Hello. Good, um, evening. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. So, so you stay there for us and we're going to do the news headlines. We'll be back with you guys in about, well, uh, 15 minutes and half an hour respectively. So stay there for us. So... Uh, so, Marty, what are these news headlines tonight for us? Now, this week in whiskey, Diageo have announced that they have opened the Glen Kinchy Distillery again, reopened uh, two days ago on the 29th of October. Now, they've opened new, totally new visitor experience. We'll get to that in a little minute. But this is part of a £185 million tourism experience across all of the Diageo uh, Scotch whiskey brands. Now, the experiences, the new visitor experiences, uh, include a flavour experience, a flowers and cocktail class, a whiskey in the wild, and a warehouse and cask tour. Now, to give you an idea, Diageo distilleries in Scotland include Marduk, Galila, Talisker, Agavillan, Nearathal, Dachmany, Royal Loch Nagar, Mortluch, etc. Et now, Barbara Smith, the managing director for Diageo in Scotland, said, the open, opening of the wonderful new visitor experience and garden at Glenkinchy is the first step in a £185 million investment in whisky tourism in Scotland. We are acutely aware of the difficult times many people are going through, particularly our colleagues in the tourism and hospitality sector. We know there's a long way to go and a lot of uncertainty ahead. Still, we believe in the resilience of our business and our communities, and we will be doing all we can through our investment to sow the seeds of recovery and future growth. Now, part of this is four of the Diageo-owned distilleries, Glenkinchy, Cardew, Colila, and Kleinleash, will form part of the Johnny Walker experience and represent the four corners of Scotland. Now, as, any, as we've talked about before, Johnny Walker is the biggest selling Scotch in the world um, by a considerable margin. Uh, this, to me, just shows the commitment and the the confidence that a company the size of Diageo has in coming back. This year has been a total write-off. But 
the fact that they are continuing with this, I mean, £185 million, uh, shows that they have the confidence that, that that's all going to bounce back. Now, the Johnny Walker experience is four uh, distilleries. It goes into the blend of Johnny Walker. It's But it's to me, this is, is very welcome news. I mean, the likes of myself and yourself, Justin, we work in the tourism industry, and the fact that they're saying that this is going to bounce back, is a, it cheered me no end. Um, it also comes on the back of this week that Bush Mills announced some voluntary redundancies. Mm. Now, it's not good that. That's not, not good. good at all. Voluntary redundancies are not compulsory, but uh, I think Bush Mills, Jose Cuervo announced record profits this week as well. Uh, I don't want to dwell too much on this, but I, I, I think Bush Mills, um, don't, don't be too hasty. Don't be too hasty, you know? But we, we live in hope. We live in hope. Okay, what else has been happening this week then? Now, Cheshire Police have reported that three lorry loads of whiskey was stolen from a distribution centre in Birchwood in Cheshire. The heist at XBO Logistics involved the theft of three HGVs and a large quantity of alcohol. Uh, it happened at 6.30am on October the 21st, Wednesday. All three HGVs and one trailer were located a few hours later at an industrial estate in Middleton. Anyone with any information is advised to contact Cheshire Police quoting the incident number IML 832-823 or they can contact me via direct me, DM, DM me or Justin. Uh, <laughs> don't be doing that. We don't want roped in yet. Hey, <laughs> Justin, I'm only being a law-abiding citizen. I don't know what you're reading into this, but three HGVs full of whiskey have been stolen just before Christmas. Um, so I've quoted the uh, incident number and uh, to anyone with any information, feel free to contact me. Or, or, or on second thought, maybe the police. So, we'll, we'll move on. Now, this week saw the launch of Bosaw Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Now, is this, is this it? It is. There it is. There. Small, small batch bourbon. Uh, this is a release of bourbon from a Belfast company, Kirker and Greer, who. We've, we've mentioned before, and if you're ever in Belfast or going down uh, beside St Anne's Cathedral, you'll see the, the old Kirker and Grail building. They, the Bosaw Street is made in a North Kentucky distillery, we're not giving away where it's made, from 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% barley, uh, matured for three years. Now, Kirker and Greer are part of the Drinksology Group, and they are independent bottler and Blender. As I say, they're based in Belfast, but I like this. I'm not, I've said before, I'm not a massive bourbon fan, but the fact that, that a Belfast company is bringing, out, bringing a bourbon to the UK market, to me, I, I like this because it shows that it's not just Irish whiskies that it's, that it's focusing on. Hopefully, there's going to be more international brands. We talked last week to uh, Michael Bloom about the American market and the American whiskies and the fact that there's now starting to be different whiskies and whiskey tastes made with different grains etc etc uh, we like this we like this um, more of this kind of thing uh, it's nice that a Belfast company is upping the ante if you like uh, so yeah I, I, I like this I thought this was a nice piece of news I mean, how does that differ from the other things that we have seen, uh, like the big boys? I mean, it. Uh, well, is this available in Ireland? Is it? Yeah, you can. You can even pulling us, they've even Drinksology is a pretty big Oh, we seem to have lost Marty tonight. The internet seems to have uh, uh, 
forsaken us. Uh, Marty will be logging back in and uh, coming back on very at the very minute. Marty, can you hear us? I can, Justin. You've just come back in the, the, the shot. I think the internet's under pressure tonight with everybody at home for Halloween uh, this uh, time of the year. So uh, where were you? You were telling us about Bosaw being from uh, Drinksology. Yeah, drink, Drinksology. I, I said that Drinksology are, they're, they're a big company, but they're, I mean, they're in some ways taking on the big boys because uh the American whiskies, you know, your, your Jim Beams, your your Maker's Mark, these are the traditional sort of bourbons. And, and for a Belfast company to start bringing over their bourbon, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm impressed by this. I think it shows ambition. And we've got that one final story tonight, at least, don't we? We've got two more, Justin, two more. Two more, yeah. Uh, Kirker and Greer, uh, the Shamrock Whiskey. And that's your that's your Kirker and Greer symbol from many moons ago. So I mean, this is a, a, a reinvented company that's come back. Now we all, we pretty much always feature a an environmental story, and this week's no different. An innovative company called Celtic Renewables has launched a crowdfund to raise investment for its tech to convert unwanted low-value biological material into high-value renewable chemicals and sustainable biofuels and other commercially and environmentally valuable commodities. Using the leftovers or draft or pot eel from distilleries. Now, Professor Martin Tangney, OBE, uh, the founder, hopes to re-establish acetone, butyl and ethanol fermentation progress, process, sorry, uh, and bring it on a global scale. Now, the money raised from the crowdfund uh, will go to building Scotland's first biorefinery, and it will produce a million litres of sustainable biochemicals annually from 50,000 tonnes of organic waste. Now, the professor has signed deals with distilleries such as Tully Bardeen to process their, their waste products. Now, on the crowdfund page, Crowdcube, £2.1 million has been raised so far for a target of £1.75 million. Now, over a 1,000 people have invested, but there's 26 days still left to invest. Now, this company has won awards from Shell, uh, the Royal Chemistry Society, Green Energy, Biotech, uh, Scottish Enterprise, uh, Low Carbon Championship in 2014. So they're going to take waste products that sometimes were made into uh, animal feed and they're actually going to turn it into a fuel and other chemicals that go towards uh, the cosmetic industry, etc., etc. Now, this is good news. But these are chemicals that, that we use in everyday life and basically from a waste product, He's going to take the waste from the whiskey distilleries and turn it into something useful, something low carbon, etc., etc. What's not to like about this, you know? And it's nice that so many people are getting behind it, you know? Now, this is the last story, but I have a couple of little things at the end as well. Uh, this week, Dingle Distillery, our friends down in Dingle, have launched its Descendant Cask Ownership Programme. A hundred casks are up for sale to individuals, groups, business, etc. And each cask, each cask will be filled with spirit. And buyers will have the choice of bourbon, port, Oloroso or Pedro Jimenez. These will be first filled casks, matured for a minimum of eight years in Dingle. And that all comes as part of the price. Uh, You'll get for your money, you'll get your cask, you'll get annual samplings, a bottle of annual the annual single malt release delivered to your door, access to the distillery, uh 15% discount in store. Your cask is yours, so you'll get to keep it at the end. You'll get access to Graham, the master distiller down there, for advice. And in 2028, the descendants will be invited to the distillery for a gathering. Now 
the, the kind of hard part of the whole thing, Justin. Prices start at €10,000. Now, that's for a 190-litre bourbon cask. Wow. That is... Uh, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not that expensive when you think about it, because after your eight years, you would have 308 bottles, and that's bottling at 46.5%. And that works out at €32 Euro a bottle, €32.50 Euro a bottle. Now, that's not including taxes, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to be careful of that as well. But this is a, a, a there's, there's a payment program that you can avail of, and it's on a first come first serve basis. So, uh, yeah, if people want to would like to avail themselves of that, um, come to, go on to the Dingle website, and uh, well, we've talked to Dingle, we've talked about Dingle, we've talked all about it, and Ding, Dingle's an already established distillery. They have. Lots of fans already. Uh, so you're buying in, you're buying in to a, a reputable mark. And I know ten thousand euros seems an awful lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not really. It's not not really, you know. Now, I just want to say about a couple of other Halloween bottlings. Woo, Justin. <laughs> now these are both Americans, but I quite I kind of like this. Uh, from the Southern Tier Distillery. They're bringing out a pumpkin whiskey. It's flavoured with natural pumpkin spice. <laughs> which, which I don't oh, know. that sounds gross, Marty. That just sounds gross. What do you think, folks at home? Let us know what you think. Pumpkin spice? I mean, they do a winter spice Twix now, and it tastes like nothing. Well, we don't, we're not used to eating pumpkin. That's the problem, Justin. But to a lot of Americans, pumpkin pie is... is really oh, what? I eat it, and I love pumpkin soup. I, I quite like it. I don't have a problem with it, but I don't think it's, it's a thing that w would work well with whiskey. Well, I'm not a big fan of flavoured whiskies, not those honeyed ones anyway. But Well, I am. You know I am. You know I like cocktails. Yes, I know. I know. Um, the, the more cocktail the better, I think, is what you like. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, we'll give that a try. I, I like trying new things, and I wouldn't write it off. But then there's the Still Austin Distillery, uh, and they've brought out the Monster Mash, a single barrel, matured for 26 months, and bottled at 53% ABV. So I thought I would give those a bit of a mention. Um, that is this week's news. So uh, we, we, we've, we've decided to bring a, a, a previous guest back again, uh, yeah. and we're, we're going to show you why uh, tonight. He's starting buying for us. Uh, what, do you, what do you see this stuff? Right, this is... This is a cocktail. Now, I like cocktails, and this is a cocktail. And the man that's made this cocktail himself is waiting patiently for us, and he's just about to join us live uh, from, from Balamina. Here he is. It's the guy from the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> right. So, uh, reveal yourself. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself. Uh, what have you? What culinary delights have you come up with this uh, for Halloween, uh, Robert? Yes, a couple of dishes for Halloween that we've done, just like that one from for our Halloween night. We were supposed to have a supper club last night, uh, but had to be cancelled due to the restrictions. So we did a takeaway for everybody uh, that come and do a takeaway of of Halloween, the Halloween night supper club. So. Uh, we did, uh, the first drink was uh, a blood bag. So here it is, a blood bag. It's a raspberry vodka, homemade raspberry vodka um, um, with uh, hedgerow fruits, hedgerow fruits, so blackberries, raspberries, um, late strawberries, blueberries, uh, frons, blueberries, uh, white blueberries, and... Um, the Sexton whiskey uh, shrub. So there's a bit of a raspberry vinegar in it as well that I made as well to make it a shrub. So to make it look like blood and served in a blood bag. So you drink it from the bag. It's really, really tasty. Oh, just lovely. to get going. <laughs> no, just to new like cocktails. That's absolutely. So it's got, it's got, your, it's got your, uh, your five main, uh, one of your five main ingredients: vodka and whiskey. 
<laughs> I tell you what, that that looks fantastic. What do you make of that, Marty? Uh, I, I I love the presentation, and I love the I love the fact there's whiskey in it. Uh, I would love to try it, but I know that your grubby wee mix would be in on it as quick as could be. <laughs> I don't forget the Dulce incident. The last time Chef Rob was on, <laughs> just come sneaking in, and I see just see it coming out of shot with my blast back of Dulce. I was all gone. He had it all gone. Uh, and then it, was like, it was like flash. It, it just on screen, you just see his wee hand coming in. He was like, you know, cousin and the Adams family. <laughs> I tried just to like get that. some more. with his hands like that. <laughs> I tried to get some more, but it didn't. It didn't come off tonight, Marty. I was trying mm. to get some dulls, but it looks like the postman's got it again. Because yeah, actually, we were talking about this about things coming late, and somebody only got one of the tastings from a couple of months ago during the week, didn't they? A guy sent me a photo to tell me that he'd finally got the WD O'Connell. I mean, that's what, three weeks ago? You know? E easily. Now, what have you got for us next, Rob, then? What was the next dish you came up with? Uh, the next dish was the starter dish. So it was um, it was a monkfish. So it was impaled monkfish um, with monkey nut sauce. Uh, crispy rice maggots and a pumpkin pickled pumpkin and black sesame salad. So it was like a, a monkfish kebab with with the monkey nut sauce, so like peanut satay sauce, and then you sprinkled on your crispy rice uh, crispy rice maggots and pieces of monkey nuts as well, and served with my my friend John. <laughs> John the what clown. What what did the punter what did the punters make of that? Because that's a pretty creepy dish to, to eat to put it past your lips. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, the crispy the crispy rice maggots are uh, are a good little thing. It's just little adds little crunch, mm. and it's just like eating um, a kebab with satay sauce. So it's just a take on that, and with <laughs> a little uh, pickled pumpkin salad at the side, just to, for the crunch and all that. So, but it's, it's really tasty. But sure, uh, scary looking, but tasty. <laughs> did that jammy get that in the local takeaway? Did that jammy get Marty get to have one of these takeaways? Did he? No, no. Uh, just... He got his hand on, on one or two things. I got when I, I went around to see Rob Monday to deliver around a couple of the whiskies. So the sexton and uh, the the next one is going to use the smokehead. Smokehead, yeah. I got a wee, I got a wee nibble, Justin. I never told oh. you that's fine. A little nibble. How did I? How did I guess? How did I guess? Now let me see. What did you do next then uh, with the, the the smokehouse then? Ah, right, so uh, the next course we did was the main course, and so the main course was venison. So we, mm. we used lovely, beautiful venison, venison, um, uh, <laughs> like the line of venison, and uh, just you. marinated it in in smokehead oily whiskey. And then pan fried it off and served it with uh, a venison shoulder eye pie with beetroot blood sauce and a mole. Mole is a is like a Mexican pumpkin seed mole. So it's like a 25 ingredient sauce originate from Mexico that has chocolate in it and nuts and seeds. And I've put the smoke head into it as well to add a smoky smokiness yeah. to it. So it's uh, it was really really tasty dish, but uh, fairly. Fairly gruesome, <laughs> but you have to have that, you know. I mean, Marty, I don't know real about eyes, you. Uh, anything eyes in the pie. I don't <laughs> know about you, Marty, but that looks as good as something <laughs> Heston Blumenthal would put up. Listen, Justin, I've said this umpteen times about Rob. Everything he does, I've tasted lots of stuff that Rob has done, and I'd put him up there with any chef, any chef, including Heston, Heston, dang me, Bobber, any of them. Uh, now, I'm, I'm interested in this mole sauce. I've never heard of this, Rob. Um, you say it's 25 ingredients. Yeah, it's a Mexican um, celebration sauce. So you usually have it for celebrations for uh, like the Day of the Dead and um, Justin's uh, different <laughs> festivals and all that, that people would make it because um, it's so expensive to make and so laborious and long and... Uh, 
to make that there's so many like 25 ingredients in it with lots of different chilies like there's uh, six different types of chilies into it i like it better. Uh, i like it better, mm. and there's chocolate there's chocolate really good chocolate in it as well and nice. it's just it's so intense and so um flavorsome Beef. just goes really well with the venison yeah you, i always find venison you need something punchy to go with venison um yeah it's it's beautiful but it's, it's very beautiful. lean lean meat there's no fat in it so you need something to to enrich it yeah so and yeah it's really really good beautiful and then the beetroot blood then just the earthy flavors of the beetroot just cut through it as well that just add to it yeah. and then you have the nice uh crispy uh venison eye pie textured <laughs> braised meat inside and then a crunchy eyeball on top <laughs> hideous hideous looking people say people are saying fantastic things no uh, and then you have you have the snake that is because of smokehead and the smokehead whiskey i was using that to flavor to marinate the, the venison and to put into the mole so you got a little smoke head and like a little snake head on the side of the plate as well just for decoration i, have, I do have to say that smoke head isla um it's, it's pretty good it's, it's pretty good now it's yeah it's good it, it had uh flavors and notes of chocolate in it yeah so i really like that just to, it adds a little bit more into the mole sauce yeah, uh, really, really good, and add just a little smokiness to the venison as well when you're yeah. marinating it. It really is. It was good, nice whiskey. Really, yeah. um, not too, not too pity, not too, too pity, pity in, in the smoke, it's and then nice, the background of chocolate in it. Yeah, and it's got a nice balance to it. I, I, I bought it. I bought it basically for Halloween. I mean, obviously the sexton. If anybody doesn't know, the sexton is the guy who guards the graveyard. David Hume will be interested in that. Um, and I picked the smokehead because, well, the branding on it, you know, that's Halloween all over it. So that was that was essentially why I picked the two. But this, the, the sherry cask sexton is really quite sweet. So, and, it, and what we've talked about it before, it's very good. And I kind of thought maybe the smokehead would be a little bit gimmicky, but it's not. It's, 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 it's a, decent, a decent Irish angle malt. You know, so yeah, it's, good. It's, it's not as strong as Lafrogue. No, it's definitely. Uh, but it's it's it does carry a punch, mm -hmm. and it's good little smoky number for the venison dish. Really good. Yeah. So I thought I thought I thought there were there's certainly flavors that you can work with. You know, there's plenty of flavor there to them. So yeah. yeah what did you do for the dessert then, Robert? Then uh, for dessert we had a pre-dessert. So um, you know, in in Balamina and. Uh, there's a lot of butchers, good butchers around, and even all over, all over the, the whole land uh, of Northern Ireland. Uh, there's lots of great butchers. Uh, so I made, or the butcher boy, uh, made some bloody burger brain mints. <laughs> um, uh, uh. And they're 100% gory grind. So they're like little burgers. Yes, that's them. They came in a little package like that with the burgers all wrapped up. <laughs> and it's like a burger. And it's uh, it's really, really tasty. Whoa, that that, that, that is... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I got those. You done get <laughs> I, I didn't even get I didn't even get the seaweed this week. Didn't even get the seaweed. I'm on the red wine tonight. That's why I'm all red in the face. I've got I've got the blood on the go. It's it's red wine, really. <laughs> so you're like it's, it's a take on the great grave diggers. They were bodied, buried, uh, digging up buried, uh, digging up the bodies yep. for um, the experiments in Edinburgh and all that. So they're <laughs> using the brain, bloody brain, the bloody oh, brain, pretty nice. Oh. Awful! Looks awful! Looks ter looks absolutely terrible. I think I think I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll stick to the cheap turkey from Harryville. It'll be a lot nicer, don't you think so? <laughs> so listen, uh, what did you do finally then? Because uh, because yeah, let, um, let, let me guess, Mar Marty Marty got a sample of this, no doubt. Oh, uh, Marty got the, the bloody brain burger. Uh, did, did, did he get the lollipop uh, foot thing? Did he get it? 
No, he got the bloody brain burger there, oh, little right. there during the week. Oh, uh, right. Then the dessert, the dessert was, uh, it was called Freaky Foot and Toe Jam. <laughs> right. So, it was a, it was a foot um, covered in white chocolate and filled with a blackberry mousse with uh, edible uh, gory toenails made from almonds. And then you had the toe jam. So the toe jam was served in a little mini syringe with blackberry puree. And then you just squirted that all over, all over the toes and just uh, eating it. So it's a take on the freaky foot ice cream that you got when you were younger out of the fridge freezers and all that, buying them in the shop. But I've brought it to a different level. But it's, re it's really, really tasty. Using every, the autumnal flavors of uh, the Bramley apple, or Bramley's, or sorry, um, uh, blackberries, blackberries, and a little bit of apple, and then the white chocolate and almond. So, but really, really gruesome. Very, very gruesome, but tasty. Yeah. How do you, how do you come up with these incredible ideas? How 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 do you, how do, you do that? <laughs> yeah. uh, Halloween would be one of my favorite times of year for just uh, making up new dishes and coming up with different things. It can come from anything from uh, getting a smell or remembering things from my childhood or or seeing something or uh, just things to come in the middle of the night or whatever, you know, it's crazy ideas and then I have to try and replicate it or do it or whatever. But ultimately it's all about the flavour. So if it doesn't taste good, it's it's no good. It has to have has to uh, have the flavours. Yeah. So ultimately that's but you can have fun at Halloween time. I love doing it at Halloween. It's really, really good. It, really good. It's just a shame that that with all the restrictions that are going on and stuff that the that the people who go to the, the supper clubs I just couldn't get last night because I know it would have been an absolute classic, classic night. Um, I, you know, I'm one of your biggest fans. I've been to supper club nights. I love everything you do. I love your ethos. I love your innovativeness. I love your innovation or whatever way you might put it. Um, I don't, you, you know, I, I, I rave about you. Um, I thank you so much for, for doing that and showing us the, your skill again, you know. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah, no, it's it's great, and uh, thanks um, for letting us use the whiskies. It really, really added to it as well. The whiskies, you know, and the, like the Sexton was a beautiful whiskey that I paired that with the the cocktail, the blood bag, because it yeah. had notes of vanilla as well. That vanilla uh, goes with the the autumnal red hedgerow fruits and all that, you know. So it's really good. And then the smokehouse, um, the smokiness to go with the venison was excellent, really good. But yeah, we had a we had a full supper club booked out in like four days when I put it up, yeah. and then and then like four days or was it three days later we had the the whole uh, we went into lockdown had the the restrictions had to call it all off so. Uh, we just gave the options to the customers that if they wanted to do it as a takeaway uh, and pretty much everybody went for a takeaway so it was good so they got, still got to have uh, the the Halloween dishes but as a takeaway so it was good yeah it was good but hopefully next year we'll do another big one it's always Halloween is always excellent yeah. last year at Halloween we had a scary story by Frank McCook from Slemish Market Garden, the head gardener for us. <laughs> he came in dressed as a monk and said a, a, a ghost story about the killer bees in Craybilly. <laughs> and uh, it was very, very scary, and but very, very funny as well. So, <laughs> and Frank's a real uh, storyteller. He's a real chanaki. So, But it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's Just, really good. Some people are saying fantastic things about your dishes. There's uh, Julie Mason saying those dishes are great, truly gross and, and creepy looking. Uh, some people are laughing. Uh, Mark's laughing at the, the crispy rice. I'd like to try the crispy rice myself. Uh, uh, Mark's saying he would love the, the Bambi as well. He likes venison. I like venison too. Um, and he likes the smokehead. Uh, definitely the Bambi dish was his favorite. Uh, people saying hello to everybody as well. 
and the guys in Canada saying hello as well. Hello to you. Uh, good evening as well. So we'll hope we'll hope the uh, Slamish Market Supper Club gets uh, gets gets an outing before Christmas. Then we we certainly do. Yeah, we uh, hope so. We hope so. We hope uh, in maybe the next couple of weeks, if we can, the restrictions lift that we can do another supper club. So. I hope in the next supper club, it's a bit of an exclusive wheels. Uh, we're gonna try and do a tapas, a tapas night. So, uh, a local tapas night using uh, fantastic, the fantastic prop produce that we have, and make a tapas night maybe. And then we'll have Christmas time. So Christmas time is a good uh, menu. So, so it's all the flavors of Christmas without the turkey and ham. No turkey and ham, I'm afraid not. I remember you getting all the people in Balamina know turkey and ham. Yeah, last year there was another with Facebook with your new turkey and ham. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the staff. The the staff do we do after Christmas for all the hospitality staff of of County Antrim and uh, beyond that we do uh, like a night because no no uh, staff hospitality staff gets a Christmas due because they were so busy at Christmas time. So we yeah. hold a hospitality night in January, and we call it "No More Fucking Turkey." Facebook will be killing us. Facebook will be killing us with <laughs> profanity. <laughs> they banned me from it from it last year. They wouldn't. They wouldn't share it on me. <laughs> Unbelievable. They probably but thought you were. Really good night. So get all the all the. The different businesses. So we had businesses from Ratlin Island, Valley yeah. Castle, um, uh, Belfast, uh, Mahara, Macrafelt, uh, all over County Down, um, Bush Mills, and all that, that came from pubs to hotels to restaurants uh, everywhere that came for that night. So it was a really good night. Yeah. So we're hoping we're hoping restric restrictions can be lifted and people can have more confidence to come out. Yeah. and enjoy good food and in a safe way it's all done really safe um that the uh, that we do and all the restaurants and hotels are very very safe uh yeah. with all the restrictions in place for people just to have a bit of a normal life at the moment and that's everybody needs is just a bit of normality you know yeah. of just you know having nice food a nice uh, drink or whatever and you know just trying a little bit of normal, you know, in these crazy times. Yeah, it'd be nice to try and get back there, back to normal now. Definitely would. Yeah. Excellent but, stuff. So excellent. we have right. another guest waiting tonight to get through tomorrow. This is getting like the uh, Ran Turbidy show, uh, or what should be the Late Late Show, but isn't because it's no good. Uh, so we'll have to wait. We're waiting for Dr. David Hume. He's waiting on the week's wings. So we'll say bye-bye to you. And uh, Dr. Bye -bye. David Hume has just appeared to your uh, left bye bye uh, uh rob and and say hello to dr david hume uh, good hi. evening doc, dr david hume how are you good evening tonight? hi jason how are you Justin? Uh, i'm not too i'm not too bad uh so you have this new book out that that marty wanted to introduce to us and you, you literally just got a copy in your hand yourself yes it, it just arrived uh during the week always an anxious time when you've you have a book that you're uh, waiting for, and particularly at the present time, of course, when you're, it's all a bit up in the air about uh, bookshops and so on. Thankfully, they're still open. So um, book has arrived. It's uh, Tides of Time. It's called A Coastal History of East Antrim. So looking at the coastal history of the area from Carrickfergus right up to Carnlock and, and every everywhere in between, really. Would there be any smuggling in this, David? There's a wee bit of smuggling in it. Uh, smuggling isn't the major thing in it, uh, but it does mention about the smuggling and um, Island McGee particularly was an area that was well known for smuggling in the past. Never. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so plenty of smugglers' caves there, and uh, a lot of uh, activity that would have gone on until about the 18, 1820s. Certainly, the late eighteen twenties is about the one of the last recorded incidents of a, a smuggler vessel being seized by the by the revenue men. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite a quite a story. Yeah. Now, the revenue men is one thing, David. But it's the resurrection men that we want to talk about tonight. Yes, yes. For anyone who doesn't know David, I'll just give a little a little introduction. David uh, does a BBC radio uh, show called The Long and the Short of It, where him and uh, a man called Tim McGarry, if you know Tim McGarry, there's lots of people from all over 
the world listening to this show, so I have to explain this. And it's they take an item of history and they debate it from two different angles, and it's very good fun. It's fairly light-hearted and humorous, uh, but very informative, and they always try and compete. Uh, for anyone who's not sure, Tim McGarry is quite a tall gentleman, and uh, David's not. That's probably yes, a good, good way of putting it. Um, <laughs> last year, David did a, a BBC radio uh, broadcast on the Resurrection Men, the Body Snatchers, and he focused a little bit, a little bit on Bergen Hare. And I'll let David explain a little bit more because Bergen Hare weren't actually body snatchers. They were a bit more innovative than that. Yeah, well, Bergen Hare, very interesting that they come in the same period, of course, the, the, and the body snatchers was all about uh, the need for, for bodies for medical research for the medical institutions, of course. So um, the resurrection men or the body snatchers would have um, looked around for uh, news of, of people who had died that have then tried to um, exhume those bodies from coffins in the, in the cemeteries um, and ship them across, in our case, from, from County Andrum across to Edinburgh, which was the nearest uh, school, uh, particularly Robert Knox's uh, school in Edinburgh. So um, that was, was just a very bizarre and amazing story in its own right, very macabre uh, industry that grew up. Um, and then Burke and Hare come along and they they um, they take the thing a, a little bit further. They raise the bar quite a bit because... Um, they in, uh, the middleman. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they cut out the middleman and it starts off with a, an old gentleman who is a lodger in Hare's uh, tenement in uh, Edinburgh. And he uh, becomes ill and dies. He owes Hare money for the rent. So Hare decides to try and recoup this money. And he and Burke um, have got together at this stage and they decide to sell the old man's body um, to the medical school uh, to help to cover the rent and, and obviously make some money for themselves. The average price at that time for body was about £10, uh, which would have been quite a bit of money in those times in the 1820s. So that was how it all started. And then it sort of uh, took legs of its own from that point. Uh, they decided that there was other people around that... Uh, might have been uh, not too well and they might hasten their departure and get some uh, money as a result of this so uh, in total there were about uh, estimated to be 16 uh, murders were committed by Burke and Hare they were they were serial killers um, and uh, they were finally uh, brought to, to book uh, or certainly Burke was brought to justice uh, once uh, a, a lady was a lady called Mary Doherty was uh, the last victim uh, she she was in the tenement too. She was uh, renting uh, a room in the tenement. It wasn't the sort of place to go and rent a room by all accounts, particularly if you weren't feeling too well. Uh, it wouldn't go down too well uh, for you. Uh, but uh, some other two, another couple who were there were friendly with her, and they thought they heard her screaming as they were going out of the tenement. Uh, when they came back, they, they looked for her and couldn't be found. Burke and Hare uh, professed that they had no idea where she was. But they did search the house and uh, this other couple found uh, this lady, uh, her body at any rate, under the bed in one of the rooms. So they then uh, decided to go and, and uh, go to the authorities about this. Bergen Hare very quickly took the body from the tenement and uh, the way that they had uh, done before, they went to the medical school and they sold her. Uh, but of course... Um, the authorities were then onto them, um, and the medical school was inspected. The lady's body was found, and that brought the two of them into uh, jail. Effectively, uh, probably uh, nothing would have happened. It would have been very difficult to sustain a case uh, over Burke and Hare because the, all the evidence was gone, and in most cases they had suffocated people. So there was very little evidence of, of how people had met their deaths. In any case. But it was only through the encouragement of one of them to turn evidence against the other uh, that the case was actually brought. And Thomas Hare, who is sometimes portrayed as the less intelligent of the two, uh, I think that that's a bit of a misdemeanor uh, because he decided to turn evidence against Burke. And Burke ended up being hanged. And you've got a photograph of at the moment of Burke's uh, skeleton in Edinburgh in the medical school. Um, so he was hanged. And as was the case at the time, if uh, someone was hanged for murder or very serious crime, then their body was handed over for medical research. Um, mm -hmm. And that's how the whole situation had started in the beginning because there weren't enough bodies uh, from serious crime going to the medical schools. And therefore there was a little, a, a demand grew 
uh, and that's how the whole industry grew. And Burke and Hare just uh, took that to, I think Robert talked about taking his cookery there to a different level. Uh, so they took their uh, activities to a different level as well in Edinburgh. So they ended up victims of their own success, basically, didn't they? And um, Hare himself, uh, in the programme, I was able to uh, trace uh, Hare because he, he sort of disappears from history. He is um, released and, and uh, he's last really heard of in Dumfries when uh, a crowd become aware that he's in Dumfries and he's almost uh, lynched and has to escape and be, and be escorted out of the town and so on. So he sort of disappears from history, but he, he doesn't disappear uh, other than that he crosses the channel again. Um, and he was originally from County Down, so he comes across into County Down, into the area around Loch Brickland. Uh, he's not well received there. He and his wife and child are there at that stage, uh, and there appears to have been some uh, division then between the wife and Hare. Eventually, Hare ends up living on his own in Kilkeel. Um, and... Uh, a couple of people in Kilkeel told me how the older generations used to try and scare uh, children. Uh, if they wanted them to come back into the house at a certain time, they would tell them that if they stayed out too long, Hare would get them. Uh, and this was Thomas Hare, who was living down near the, the harbour at Kilkeel uh, when he came back again. He died and uh, in the workhouse in Kilkeel, and he was buried in a pauper's grave as well. So, uh, ironically, uh, he ended up in an unmarked grave. Um, and Burke ended up in, he's still in the uh, a museum uh, or in the medical museum in Edinburgh, a skeleton is at any rate. Do we know uh, what whiskey was used in this? Does it, does it, do you reckon it makes a difference with whiskey that people were pickled in when the bodies were removed back to, to Scotland? Well, that's another, that's another story. Um, it, it, I mean, the, the story about full bodied whiskey is supposed to come out of this whole period. Um, I mean, wh whiskey or, or alcohol generally was used. Uh, probably as far back as medieval times um, to preserve um, bodies and or to, to slow down decay effectively. Um, Lord Nelson was was famously um, put into a cask um, of, uh, I think it was brandy he was put into, uh, but rum would have been more usually used in the Navy. And a Colonel Edward Peckenham, who was the um, officer associated with the Battle of New Orleans, uh, he ended up being shipped back across the Atlantic in a barrel of rum in order to preserve him. Um, and I've come across a grave at uh, Kern Castle where a person there uh, had died in India and uh, appeared to be buried at Kern Castle. So something must have happened along the same lines in terms of trying to uh, preserve the bodies. Um, it's more likely that, that barrels were used just to um, contain these cadavers or bodies as they were being uh, shipped or attempted to be shipped across to Scotland um, and, and I have to say that probably you're dealing here with um, the east coast of Ulster so a lot of Ulster Scots around and as far as putting dead bodies and sending them across to Edinburgh they probably thought it would be a waste of the whiskey to do that with the whiskey so uh, uh, there are there aren't too many accounts of uh, seizure of barrels or, or trunks but there are a few and they do not mention anything liquid like whiskey uh, being used uh, just people being put into these barrels and uh, I reckon that up to six people could be crammed into a barrel uh, <laughs> because of course it didn't matter if you broke their legs or arms or so on they were just crammed in um, and then attempted to, to ship across um, so that that's the story about the whiskey Justin <laughs> so where can get people get your hands uh, their hands on your book then uh? Well, my, my book will be in a, a number of venues. It'll be in the Book Nook in Larne, um, the Rinka and Island McGee, uh, Beatties and Ballycarry, and the Gobbins uh, Cafe Shop or the Gobbins uh, Centre in Island McGee, and also uh, the Secret Bookshop in Carrick Fergus as well. Um, and there might be a few other bookshops adding to that. But it's, it's, if people um, go onto my website, The On Boy Hume, um, if they send me a wee message, I can advise them of where the, the book is available. And it can be ordered online through me as well, too, if, if they're not near any of those. Um, I know I, I think that Ballycarry and McGee are sort of the centre of the universe, but if you're not near those areas and you want it posted out, we can arrange that. Okay. Wonderful stuff. Marty, have you any more questions for uh, Dr. David Hume, MBE? I always have plenty of questions for David because he, he is a fabulous uh, historian and he always make he always makes things interesting and whenever he discovered uh Hare's grave i mean he discovered this and i think he's sort of making uh, uh, he's sort of passing the fact that he 
found out that that's where where Hare was buried. Uh, and I mean, this is a, f- a famous story, told certainly told in, in Edinburgh tours all all the time. It's a, a world famous story, and David uncovered where Hare was buried. Uh, I just want to thank him for coming on the show. We did it at very short notice, and uh, thank, thank you, thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you both very much for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. No, no problem, David. I'll be in touch about having you on the radio because I'm doing the uh, People's Parliament this week on the radio, so I'll talk to you uh, uh, when we get into November proper. Thank you very much. Thank you, Justin, and happy Halloween to everybody. Happy, happy Halloween. Happy yeah. Halloween. Happy Halloween. Now, Marty, where were we? I don't know, Justin. After all that body snatching and stack, imagine stacking six people into one whiskey bar. That's, that's pretty rough stuff, uh, pretty w- rough stuff. Uh, this is what people uh, <laughs> are saying about this. Uh, uh, Julie's saying, really enjoyed hearing that history. Yes, it'll be new to you, but uh, it's it's not new to us. Uh, the computer just did something on its own there. I don't exactly know what it did, but it did something on its own. Uh, there you go. Uh, Michael Matthews is saying, that would be a first filled cast then <laughs> with the bodies with the broken arms in it. Uh <laughs> Patrick mm. o- uh, Connor's asking, where did you get that costume from? Uh, I was given it at the Macromorn estate. Whenever I, was, I, I, scared, I even scared a dog yesterday. I even scared a wee dog. I thought I was going to get back, so I was hiding in a bush. I was hiding in this bush, and I jumped out, and the wee dog leapt in the air and ran behind its owner. But I, thought, I was scared I was going to get back. But it was good. It was very good fun. Hilariously funny. Uh, it, it is. The Macklemore State. Uh, we can show what peop- it looks like here. This is what it actually looks like. It's uh, a very beautiful place. It was uh, the Margall Hogs. We should have kept Dr. David Hume with us, but we'd had another show about the Margall Hogs uh, original residence. And uh, then it's been an old people's home, a hotel, a hotel, an old people's home. It's the headquarters of Forever Living Products as well. Uh, but it's now a luxury wedding venue and uh, sort of uh, uh, you can stay there if you uh, have an event on or you have uh, a wedding on there as well. So, Marty, uh, we've got about eight minutes left tonight. Uh, what, have, what have we missed out apart from uh, saying people are saying £60 a barrel then? For the barrel, that was a cheap, cheap transportation. Uh, this was in the this was in the uh, at this beginning of the nineteenth century. Yeah, sixty pound would have been a considerable uh, a considerable uh, amount of money. Now, if you ever get a chance to go to Edinburgh, there's there's a bar called the Bergen Hare Bar, and it's actually a strip club in in Edinburgh, uh, down down near the the the, the grass market. <laughs> but there's actually three strip clubs just. Hold it round. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know what you're talking about, Marty. I wouldn't know what you're talking about at all. But locally, it's known as the pubic triangle. <laughs> so that's the three strip club. Uh, that's quite funny. But no, the Burke here, if you ever get a chance, go and see. You can go and see Burke's uh, bones. They're, they're in the surgeon's hall. Give us a quick recap. What what, what were these whiskies tonight that, that you actually uh, used here in, in these things? Because we didn't go into them in detail. And it is a whiskey show after all. That's the Sexton. And they're the guys that used to guard the graveyard. And we actually had armed ones here at graveyards because they used to have to put the lock the bodies up so the body snatchers couldn't take them. Well, what the body snatchers used to do was a fresh corpse put in the ground. They would dig basically... A bit at the head. They didn't dig up the entire grave. What they did was they dug round at the top of the grave, put two metal hooks in, and broke the coffin open, and then put rope in round, basically like a noose, and just pulled the body out. And then once they put it all back, they cover themselves up. Now the interesting thing about the body snatchers was, you couldn't be prosecuted for stealing the body. What they had to strip the body naked. Because you could be prosecuted for stealing the clothes, which seems very bizarre, but it, it was a bit of a quirk of uh, the law. But uh, so that was the sexton. Then we had Smokehead, Isla, single malt. I'm not exactly sure where this is from. It's from Isla, but um, it, I don't. I'm not sure what the distillery has. I haven't, I haven't um, tasted enough of it because I, I haven't really taken a huge amount out, but. It's very nice. It's very nice. Uh, well, well worth having a go at. Uh, yeah. 
Smoky ones seem to be back in. A lot of people were asking you questions about Smoky ones on the YouTube page. Remember, folks, uh, to go to Irish Whiskey Review on YouTube and add us there. Subscribe, hit the bell. It doesn't cost anything. It's free. Just be logged in when you, you click the button, and you'll find out whenever Marty puts up anything new. Uh, Black Pits. Uh, yeah. This sounds a bit dubious too, Marty. Uh, do elaborate. That's uh, it's an Irish peter from the Teeling Whiskey Company. So I reviewed that this week on uh, the YouTube channel. Um, a bit indifferent to it, if I'm totally honest. It's not, um, it's not the best that Teeling's do uh, by by a margin, but uh, well worth trying. If you like peter whiskies, give it a whirl. See what you think. But I wasn't blown away by it, to be honest. I wonder what everybody's been doing for Halloween. Has Halloween been ad adversely affected where you are in the world? Uh, do do tell us. Uh, always uh, type in the comments here. We can put them on screen. We've got about five minutes left tonight. If you want to say anything to us, uh, make sure you do. Remember, on Facebook as well, you can comment, like, and share, and hit uh, follow us on there, and you'll see what anything new comes up. There's been people all over the world watching tonight. Uh, an awful lot of people have tried to put all your mentions on screen uh, as well. People like Dale McDonald uh, saying Happy Hallows Eve. Uh, it's actually Halloween already here. It is Halloween already here. It's it, it's it's old Hallows Eve. It's Halloween, isn't that right? Is that the day before Halloween, Maury? or is that tomorrow? Yeah. Old Hallows, it's all Saints Day tomorrow. That's so right. this is Halloween is the the day before. Um, yeah, Halloween actually comes from Ireland. The whole idea, the whole concept of Halloween comes from 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 Ireland and it went across to the US from here. Um, and it's sort of funny because it went all the way from Ireland to America. And like the good people of the US normally do, they get things and they just shake them to death. They they make them much bigger and more bigger events and celebrate harder and put more effort and money etc etc into it. So then it's all sort of come back now. Uh, I mean, up in uh, Derry slash London, Derry slash Maiden City, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, they, they've voted as one of the best Halloweens in, in the world. I must, um, admit, I must admit, I've been in Vegas for Halloween and they do like to shake things to death there. Isn't that true? Yeah, very true. Love anything pumpkin. There you go, sis, Julie. Now, uh, <laughs> that was some week. Took a double-headed guest this week. Uh, what are you thinking of doing for next week? I haven't a clue, Justin. A... Oh, we've got a guest next week. We have, have a clue. We've got a special guest next week. We've got a man who, well, he teaches whiskey. He teaches, uh, he, he taught me the very first course I ever did on whiskey. Uh, so I was talking to him during the week. And he, he's, he's, there's nothing that he doesn't know about whiskey. Okay. Nothing. So we'll maybe have to ask him about this uh, Renaissance and smoky whiskies because there's a William McLennan saying he tried the uh, peated this week, the Dunville, and he liked it. Uh, uh, and actually, uh, Mark saying he got the 18-year-old Teeling Renaissance and he, and he liked it. Yes. The Teeling Renaissance, the 18-year-old Teeling Renaissance is exceptionally good. Um, the Black Pet... It's not their best offering, but it, it, to be fair, it's a peanut whiskey distilled in Dublin, and it, it's it's slightly that it's different and lots of other ones, just not for me. It's my taste. Um, I'm not not overly keen on it. If I'm honest, three crowns peanut that William was talking about there, the peanut from Dunvalls. I'm not a huge fan of that, to be to be honest. Um, I, I think it's out of the, the premium stuff that the Dunville brand does. For me, it's it's not my favourite. It's not my favourite. That's it's probably my least favourite out of them. But um, I tried. There's a review of their Paolo Cortado single cask offering coming up next, uh, next week. Just a, a forewarn. It's top drawer. Awesome. So... You can look forward to that, guys. We will do. We'll leave it there, Marty, because the internet's threatening to let us down tonight. You're you're going pixely. It's like you're you're on the dark side of the moon tonight. Maybe you are. Happy Halloween, Marty. Happy Halloween to all of yours as well. Uh, 
Stay safe, everyone. Take care, everybody. Stay safe.